me a mission, I got demons to slay. Communication made you talk in this way. Anxious world, what's going on, my good people? Thank you all for tuning in to the Anxiety About Anxiety podcast. Like always, I'm your very grateful, honored, blessed host, Keith Snyder. And uh, yeah, this is episode 101. It's amazing feeling to be in the, the triple digits, doing what I love to do, bringing this positivity into your life and trying to change your life and trying to get that stigma, you know, to uh, break that stigma. And I'm so honored to be able to do this. I mean, I love doing it. Um, so we're going to keep it moving. We're going to keep it moving uh, on this episode, episode number 101. You're going to hear the story or you're going to hear some advice. That's what I'm saying. You're going to hear some advice from a gentleman named Wayne Ellis, uh, author of Kissing the Black Dog. Uh, man, it's, it's a really informative episode. Uh, he's basically in, the, in a nutshell, man, he's going to talk about changing the way you think, changing the way you view your mental health. Changing the way you view your mental health struggles or illness or disorder, whatever you want to call it. You know, he's going to give some some really good advice on that. Um, Wayne, thank you 10 times over for being a part of my uh, podcast. Um, thank you to all. Yeah, let me take a second to say thank you to all the guests that I had. I, I believe I haven't really took a number or counted. But I'm going to say it been well over. 70 people probably 80 at this point we're about 80 70 75 to 80 people uh guests that came on the show and uh man i didn't you know last week i didn't get to thank everybody that would take forever but i just want to just put everybody lump everybody up and say thank you to anybody that you know lend their voice who was a voice for mental health who was a voice for breaking the stigma thank you i really really appreciate it this podcast would not exist without you guys. Like I said, I did it at first for myself. I wanted to share my story and my viewpoints and just decompress and, you know, just talk. But it just, it turned in, it turned into something that was special, something that was way more important. And, yeah, it turned into a platform for you guys to express what you're going through and how you feel and, you know, share your testimonials. And, man, I'm so blessed to be a part of it and i just thank all you guys wayne once again thank you so 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 much i appreciate it 10 times over i think you guys gonna love this episode man he's a positive thinking person i can already tell and uh yeah just changing the way we think changing the way we view our mental health um he shares some tips up in there and uh, i i i would say you know go read his book kissing the black dog uh, go pick that up, you know, look into that. I think he said he has two more books on the way. So, yeah, be on the lookout for that also. Um, as for the podcast, man, I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to keep reaching out to people. I'm going to keep getting stories, testimonials, man, and we're going to just keep keep moving forward. I don't know. I don't know what direction I'm going to go in. I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it the same way, but, you know, I want to bring so many different type of people on. So, yeah, we're going we're to keep this thing going. Continue to rock with your boy. Remember, if you support me, go support the other new podcast, the Anxious Male Perspective Podcast. I keep plugging it. Um, it's near and dear to my heart, too, because there's a lot of men out there that don't like to talk about our mental health, 
who shy away from it. You know, that that viewpoint of being weak if you show your emotion or whatever it may be. You know, I'm just trying to help break that stigma. And yeah, lend my platform to all the guys out there. So the Anxious Male Perspective podcast, you can listen to it on any anywhere you're listening to this at. You just search it. I uh, continue to uh, rate, subscribe, review the podcast. Follow me on social media at social, social media, social media, at anxiety about anxiety on Instagram and Facebook. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Share it. I don't I don't know, man. Just let's get these let's get these positive inspiring stories out there to the world, everybody. So thank you. Let me stop talking. I'm at almost five minutes. My goodness, I can talk forever. But let's get into Wayne Ellis episode. Once again, thank you, Wayne. Thank you for tuning in to the Ancient Smell. Ooh, see, I almost messed up talking too much. <laughs> thank you for tuning in to the Anxiety About Anxiety podcast. Uh, yo, we mess up sometimes, people. Just keep moving forward. Keep going forward. So thank you for tuning in. Everybody be blessed. Have a great day. Hello, my name's Wayne Ellis. I'm the author of the book, Kissing the Black Dog, Creative Solutions to Depression, Anxiety, Worry, and Other Stress-Related Conditions. I'm also a kinesiologist with inexperience since, um, or in practice since 1989. I founded my own system, Motivational Kinesiology, in 1994. I'll start at the end and work, we'll work out from there. If you're dealing with anxiety, the best way to treat it is go and learn to breathe. Most people with anxiety reverse breathe. When they're breathing in, their lungs should be expanding, but with anxiety, they tend to reduce or they, or they chest breathe. They breathe up into the um, upper cavity or upper chest, which activates the left brain, which puts us in further stress. Or if they're an emotional type of person, they breathe into their gut, which makes them over-emotional and they can't um, come up with solutions. So learn to breathe, and that will that will big make the biggest change. Because as a gym instructor friend of mine says, control your breath, you control your life, and there's great truth in that. The other thing is covered by Zig Ziglar in one of his books. I think it's See You at the Top, and stinking thinking. Most people with what's labelled as mental health, unless there is a genuine, real physiological or genetic problem, which we'll touch on later about genetics, actually think the wrong way. They focus on I can't instead of I can. As Henry Ford once said, and this goes back to a lot of people before Henry Ford, but he sums it up probably the best, whether you think you can or whether you think you, are, you can't, you are correct. It is the thinking that makes it so. So if we're always focused on the negative and what's wrong and we're always looking at the problems instead of solutions. It, it runs us down. We end up feeling depressed. We end up feeling anxiety because we're fear-based. And there's two types of logic in the world. There's love logic and fear logic. And they don't talk to each other. They don't understand each other. Fear logic is the most common one. It's what most people operate from. It's what's wrong looking for solutions. It's the you turn on the news and it's, if it's a half hour news, it's 28 minutes of um, what's wrong and then the, the obligatory happy story at the end. 
you go into any office and people are talking about what's wrong instead of what's right. So if, you, if you're in a state where you're anxious or depressed, the greatest stress you're going to face is the people around you and trying to change your thinking. I know everywhere I go now, if someone says, how are you? I go, I'm awesome, I'm fantastic. Or I'll ask a question like, so what's it like to live in paradise? Because here on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, it's a beautiful area. And most people say, oh, good, not bad. They actually, they set a lower standard. I was listening to an audio the other day and a gentleman was saying, use the statement, I am enough. Now, if you're way below rock bottom, that might be a good use statement to use. But for everyone else, you're actually bringing your level down. You're not bringing yourself up. You need to work with your own self-talk. You need to bat for your own team. Because there's plenty of people out there who are not going to bat for you. And I'll touch on this now. Most of what we're calling mental illness is something else. Most people say, oh, I'm depressed or anxious because that's the common term they like to use. And there are people out there who are clinically depressed. There are people out there who have got major issues with um, anxiety. But there's a whole bunch of other people who are lonely or bored or frustrated or emotionally immature. Um, they carry on like spoilt little brats instead of taking ownership and responsibility for their lives. Now, that's a harsh statement to make, I know. But when people are willing to change and really willing to learn and really willing to go, you know what, I need to change my life. Now, since writing Kissing the Black Dog, I've spoken to a lot of people. And everyone who has beaten the black dog, which is depression or anxiety, has said the same thing to me in slightly different words. You know what? I actually worked out I'm better than this. Or something like that. I actually went, this is not right. This is not who I am. They made the decision to change. Now, I call that unwillingness. Some people call it psychological reversal. When you move into a space of being willing to change, you start looking at options. And part of being willing to change is looking at the unconscious, where you're unconsciously incompetent, where there's things going in your life that you can't see that you're doing. Then you shift it into you becoming aware of it, so you're conscious that you're of your incompetence. And then you start putting strategies in place. Like if it's depression, anxiety, it could be as simple as and remember, this is a generic statement. It's not specific to all people. It could be as simple as drinking water and giving up those eight, co eight cups of coffee a day. It could be as simple as starting to take a little ba baking soda or change your diet so you can get your pH back so the body's not acidic because we know that inflammation and acidity are connected and we know that depression and anxiety are connected to inflammation. That research is out there. The breathing learning to breathe, reasoning to reoxygenate the body, that all helps. And the other area why I don't like to lump things in and I'm become very cautious of the term mental illness is because we are emotional creatures and we are mental and they are separate beasts. Mental is like uh, English, speaking in English. Emotions is speaking in French. Similar languages, both coming out of the origin of Latin, but very hard to exp explain or really communicate closely, different use of words. When you understand the difference and you look at it and go, you might say I'm depressed, but when you're looking, it could be a whole lot of 
bottled up emotions or suppressed emotions, anger, frustration, resentment, all those immature emotions, which we don't learn how to deal with. And it's not okay to get angry in the Western world. When you find some strategies to work on things emotionally, what you thought was mental may actually disappear. And the mental primarily is stinking thinking. It's just focusing on, it's focusing that incredible power of ours the wrong way. The brain is, has two components. The left logical brain, which we tend to rely on in the West, which is 10% of our brain power. Now, if we're always thinking negative and critical and always looking for the problems with that 10%, we then feed that into our subconscious mind, which is the 90%, it's the holistic. One of my mentors used a technique once was called the how and the why. Most people with depression and anxiety, they work out how they're going to get out of trouble or how they're going to turn their life around when the real question should be, why should I turn my life around? What's, what's my why? What's my passion? What's my driver? What, what makes my life worth living? Now, I'll put this in here now. I know what Dante talks about when he talks about the nine levels of hell because I've been in times on this planet where I've gone... I don't like humanity. I cannot understand their brutality to each other. And I've wanted to go home. I wanted to leave this planet. Thankfully, I never did. But I've been there. So when people go, you're just coming from your head. Mate, I've been to hell and back. But I will never say, and I'll never put the title on myself, I've been depressed or I've been anxious. Because I know the danger of a title. Once you're labelled, you fit into a certain box and you're only treated out of that box. Look at it, and some days you're just having bad days, you know. Life is a cycle, it's not a straight line. Some days you're Superman, some days you wish you could find Superman. There's just different ways of doing things. And when I go looking for solutions to mental health, I do not go into the Western medical model. Some people may need to, because that's where your thinking is. There may be conditions that you need to do it. But I turn to people like Napoleon Hill, Maxwell Morse, David Swartz, Florence Flavel Shin, um, oh, there's a Norman Cousins. I go to the motivational inspiration works, Anthony Robbins, the newer guys. Uh, it, the book that changed my life was Louise L. Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. I don't treat it as a mental condition. I treat it as I need to look at changing my thinking. That's my way. It may not be yours, but that's just an option you can consider. So what we're calling mental health, what we're calling anxiety and depression, has a physical component, which is usually water, pH and oxygen. We're dehydrated, the body's acidic, we're not breathing properly or not getting enough oxygen to the body. The mental, we're usually stuck in I can't or I won't or it's too hard. And the emotional, where our feelings are hurt. If you're an emotional person, you can't think rationally. And if you're a rational person, it's very hard to think, to, sorry, to feel emotional. There's exercises out there, came out of brain work, in, in, in brain gym and some of the kinesiology, it's called um, cross-crawl. I've done a variation of what I call integrated movement. It's amazing for things like bipolar, because it actually integrates the brains. It gets the 10% conscious brain fired up and working with the 90% unconscious brain, or the subconscious Things like meditation work. But it comes down to first you need to be willing to change and willing to accept you can be better than you are now. Without that, nothing else changes.
And the other one is, they always say life is a stage. Well, if, if life's a stage or life's a movie, you can create a new movie. Write the new movie. We know from the, sub, well, the work of the subconscious mind that if you focus on something enough, your life will change. There's so much research out there. You can read that. Even Greg Braden and some of the newer guys, um, Bruce Lipton, Biology of Belief. Look into those things. Look, at, look for solutions. Look for way you ha how you can do something after you understand your why and your life will change. Medication has its place. It's not the solution. Probably the number one antidepressant on the planet is magnesium chloride applied to your skin. Once a day for two or three weeks, your, levels will your energy levels will change. Your, your rhythms will come back. But coming back to the movie, create a new movie. See yourself how you want to be. Get that subconscious mind, which is your imagination, your creativity, to fire up, and then things will change. It's like the Rachel Hunter ad, when she throws her hair. It'll change, but it won't change overnight. This stuff takes time, and it takes dedication, and it takes hope and faith, and a total belief, as Napoleon Hill says, conceive, believe, achieve. So become the scriptwriter, become the producer, become the actor, become the the camera crew, become the stunt, um, the stunt people. Your movie, your choice. You can have an incredibly, in your imagination, you can have the greatest life you've ever had or you can have the worst life. And either way, you'll be right because your creative energy, your imagination will be going to work to, turn to make that happen. So consider those things. It may not be for you. Some people need to go through the... Um, they need to go down the medical model. They need to have a label. They need to be told things. But their healing is going to be slow until one day they will turn up and go, I can do this. I'm better than this. And then your life will change. There's lots of solutions. As I said, I wrote um, Kissing the Black Dog back in 2014 now, I think. I've got two more on the way. You're not broken because that's another great lie. And I want my wings back, which is about living your inspiration. So there's lots of options out there. I fill my mind constantly. At the moment, I have to drive an hour and a half one way every morning, an hour and a half in the afternoon. I've got people like Neville Goddard playing. I've got David Swartz, The Magic of Thinking Big. I'm constantly filling my mind with inspiration. I do meditations twice a day. Because I don't know your story. I don't know the pain you're going through. But I know what it's like not to want to be here and to feel so alone and so miserable and so different that I just didn't, you know, I, so I can, I can empathise. But I've turned that to my advantage because I am different. I am unique. I'm here to make a difference. And once I got there, my resilience came back. It's like a friend of mine talks about the art of resilience. Um, Sam, uh, Sam Crawford talks about instead of bouncing back, bouncing forward. I'm saying don't even bounce. Just find a direction you want to go and stick to it and you'll get there. So cheers, I hope that helps you and have an amazing life.